If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hopefully, everyone out there right now listening is staying dry. We have that usual good old Jacksonville 3 o'clock weather rolling in right now. Also, a big day in the Action Sports Jacks ESPN 690 studio, if you will, in the, in the whole lifestyle brand, if you will, as it is our fantasy draft tonight for fantasy football. Coos, how are we feeling? Eh. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. all right? Are you gonna auto draft? Are you actually gonna draft this no, thing? No, no, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna pull Brent. You're, you're not gonna pull Brent? No, I'll, I'll draft. Hey, speaking of pulling Brent, I'm not surprised he's not here right now. You know why? why? Dude's scared, man. All right, let's be honest right now. I've been talking fantasy football with Mike Clay. I held my own against him. Now he thinks David Johnson a little underrated, a little overrated. I think David Johnson poised to have eh, maybe a little breakout year. We'll see what happens. So I've been doing my due diligence. I've been doing my homework. I don't want to guarantee another fantasy football championship. Because, you know, it's never good to guarantee these type of things. But I like my odds, Coos. And I think Vegas right now would have me favored highly. So I'm just going to say that 8, 8.30 that goes down. I can do it live on the show this time. We learned our lesson the first time around we did the fantasy football draft. So it's going to be 8.30 tonight. And uh, be sure to wish Coos and Brent luck. Guess what? Luck's for losers. I don't need it. I'm probably going to have Kaylee pick for me. There you go. There's a the spirit, Brent. Quite frankly, I There's think that's a the way to go. There's a spirit. How are we doing today? Well, my hair just got all wet. Yeah, it's, it's a little rainy out there. My goodness gracious. Yeah. I'm doing great, though. We got a lot of stuff in the fire, baby. Yeah, for sure. I mean, holy cats. <laughs> it's here, baby. If you don't think football's coming, I'm telling you it's here. Mm-hmm. Be ready. This weekend, it's coming uh, with the Jags. But I tell you what, listen to Gardner Mitchell, listen to Doug Marone, listen to DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had that discussion a couple weeks ago about uh, perception in the building versus perception outside the building? Sure. And I mentioned that somebody said it couldn't be more different, you know, and then I kind of elaborated on that to say, I'm not sure it's ever been so different in Jacksonville. Yep. You know, now listen, I get it here. Nobody's going to sit there inside the building and say, well, we can't win a game. We stink. Nobody says that. That's not usually how the NFL works. But I'm always reminded around this time of year or sometimes of, you know, during the season when things aren't going well, that, uh, you know, whether it's a 24-hour rule or just the way you guys, in terms of players, mm-hmm. and especially in this sport, are wired. That you just tune out some of that stuff. You tune that stuff out. You don't look at it like that. You know, we sit here from this 30,000-foot view and analyze all the time. They don't. They kind of just go about their business. They kind of do what they do. They're seeing good things on the practice field is my guess. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not sitting there judging the other 31 rosters, right? And they're not saying, wow, we lost that, 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 that. They're saying we have this, 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 this. Correct. And so, like, it makes sense to me. I get it. But it just kind of, like, hit me over the head again today when you listen to these guys talk. Like, DJ Chark today, he's like, 
uh, he was asked, I think it was Mark Long, something asked about um, just like, what's it be like you're an underdog, big underdog, you know, to these guys. And mm. he's like, well, what kind of underdog are we? And and I think Mark said, I think you're an eight point underdog at home. That's the biggest home underdog of, of week mm-hmm. one. He's like, ah, yeah, I don't even. I mean, I would never know that. I don't look at that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, and he wasn't talking betting. He was talking. Oh, I didn't even realize that's kind of the perception of us. You yeah. know, he's like, I don't feel that way. He's like, I feel like we're gonna go out there and do really good things, and I think we can win this game. And it, it just, uh, again, so, if they don't think that way, then who is? So I yeah. get it. Uh, but it's just another reminder, man. And and there is is there the slightest bit of curiosity right now that the Jags have something up their sleeve mm. that like nobody realizes that Three, nobody four knows. Defense. Like is, is there something out there that like they're saying wait until Wing you see T this? formation, or no. is that going back to my conversation last week about Gene Smith, smartest guy in the rooms with them? Yeah, and the Jags are oblivious to what kind of mess they really are. Listen, to, first of all, <laughs> to, to squash your conspiracy theory right now, leave the pail at home. Gonna, is what I'm trying to say. If they're gonna throw something out right now that we haven't seen before. I don't know how confident I am in that because if we haven't seen it, that means they've probably been practicing it for what, maybe two, three weeks right now. Yeah. And how much have you really I had time to practice? I'm not saying so. reinventing. I'm just okay. saying this James well, what do you Robinson, mean? Okay. like some of their players, like, hey, you guys think these guys aren't very good, but yeah. wait until you see them. So listen, here's how week one of the NFL season works. Okay, right now in that Jaguars locker room and in 31 other locker rooms around the NFL right now, here's the exact conversation what's going on. We made it through training camp. We're feeling good. We're feeling excited for the regular season. And if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to be successful. Don't worry about what the other teams in division are doing. Don't worry about where Leonard Fournette's going. Don't worry about what Jalen Ram's getting paid. All we have right now is us. And we know what we're doing. And if we do it the way we're supposed to do it, then guess what, Brent? Division title. Then guess what? Playoffs. Maybe... I don't know, oh, Super Bowl, we'll see. But that's how every single conversation right now is going. It's not till you get to week three, week four, where it's like you kind of truly find out what you have. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not trying to say, like, the Jaguars are a cult right now, and they're trying to, you know, spread that, I guess, as you would put it, sunshine and rainbows everywhere. I mean, I think they truly believe they have something special. Now, whether that's true or not, time will tell. But that's their mindset right now. I mean, there's not going to be any coach out there. I talked about this yesterday a little bit. There's not any coach out there, any gym out there that's going to be like, if we get to 8-8, eight eight, uh, I'll be happy with that. No, I think if the Jaguars get to 8-8, eight eight, we'll all be celebrating in the streets. We'll, we'll all be celebrating because Gardner Minshew is probably the guy going forward. I think 8-8 eight eight is expected. You know, it is, it is a high expectation this year for the Jaguars. But right now, I guarantee you, every guy in the locker room, they expect to win on Sunday. Yeah, I get it. I, and I, I think you're right. I don't know if I totally agree with you on the coaching side of it, though. Mm-hmm. I think Doug Marone's got a good enough grip on this league that he and Dave Caldwell, and I would even put Jay Gruden and Ben McAdoo in this list because they've been head coaches. Mm-hmm. They know what good is. They would, if you could ask them, again, anonymously, mm-hmm. and you could say, hey, uh, you can have this roster or you can have this, 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 this roster. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they would take their own roster is well, my point. And you heard so, Doug Marone talking playoff run. 
I get it. He has okay. to talk a certain way. I'm talking to the line. No one said you had to say playoffs, man. I, I, no one's you have well, to say but playoffs. Don't you, but don't you? I mean, like his, no. Say, again, say week one. Say we got to beat the Colts week one. Yeah, but his context again, and he even said this. He's like, listen, th- I'm not saying this stuff because so you can go put some headline out there. Yeah. We're gonna read Doug Marone guaranteed the playoffs. Like in fairness to Doug, he 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 mentioned it. he knew where this conversation was going. Yeah. He's like, but if anybody up here in my position sits here and says differently, that we yeah we expect to win games. We expect to go to the playoffs. We expect to win the division, mm-hmm. and 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 go on from there. Well, then what are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? But but even that is so far off what everybody else is expecting. I mean, even me, yeah. I don't I don't go even think in those terms right now about this Jacksonville Jaguar team. So I don't know. It's it's like I, they have to do it. I get it, and. I really do think they are better than people think. I really do that. I, I've been saying that for months now. What we, we might decide today, because we're going to do some predictions, mm-hmm. is how much does the last week and a half weigh on us, weigh on me, weigh on you, weigh on whoever, in terms of feelings about this team? Do you feel better with Leonard Fournette, Jan now definitely gone, uh, Ronnie Harrison, whatever, but do you feel better about this team? Or did I feel better that Leonard Fournette was playing on a contract year and I had a little hope that Jan might play a handful of games here with the Jags? That might change my win total a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm telling you in that building, they feel pretty good about it. And I still always say coaches and players know what good is, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this team might be young in some spots to really know what good is in the NFL. But I'm telling you, Chris Conley knows. Chris Conley, in my opinion, knows the potential of their offense. He knows what it should be. He knows in a, on a ceiling what it could be. And he knows if things don't go right here or there, it might get ugly. Are you talking about because he's coming from Kansas City? Where he uh, was... I'm talking because he's a six-year vet and he's seen okay. it in the NFL. Okay. Uh, and so Who I think Miles Jack and, and uh, maybe not Miles. Well, Miles probably does. But Joe Schobert. Knows I think, good defense? Well, I think he's seen enough even from across the way. It doesn't have to be your own team. Okay. You don't have to have played on it. I just mm. think guys know what it takes to be good in the NFL. They know what that extra speed looks like, that extra bit of violence looks like, that that before the snap what you do and what you get set up to do looks like. Mm. Now, they don't know each guy individually and the work ethic and the smarts and, and the charisma and the chip on the shoulder and all that stuff, but I, my my take has long been in professional sports, guys know what good is, right? And and whether you want to admit what good is and if you have it or not, uh, and, and you got to remember, this is a league where everybody's pretty good. You're not on a roster. Jags roster might not be great in so many people. They're still really good football players. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the 1%. Uh, and how that, that margin of error is not very big. I mean, it doesn't – to get from the practice squad – to Super Bowl MVP, it's not a wide gap. It really isn't mm-hmm. once you're as a player, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, just ask Malcolm Butler. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 just not. That's how everybody's good is my point. And so they all feel like they're good. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's better than thinking you're bad. No, I mean, listen, you, you got to be confident, you know, and, and you have to travel with that small click in that locker room. It's, it's basically the us versus them mentality. Us, I mean, the players versus the outside world. It's the gray matter, if you will. It's the white noise. It's there. You just don't listen to it. The thing that I can't wait for this, and listen, see, this first game, 
it's kind of hard because how much, how many chips do you put into the first game this season? And by that I mean, let's say the Jaguars come out and they lay an egg. Let's say for whatever reason Indianapolis has their number and it looks miserable. Is that the Jacksonville Jaguars we're going to see going forward or not? Or on the other hand, let's say Jacksonville comes out and they look damn good. Let's say Phillip Rivers gets off to a horrible start. Um, the, the Colts are in disarray and the Jaguars win. Like, how much is going to go on this first game here? How, how, how much can you actually tell what a team's going to do? Because keep in mind, no preseason games. Like, this is this is unprecedented, if you will. It's a great call, right? And everybody, that was cliche, they have to start fast, start fast. <laughs> well, what we learned in the last couple of years is the makeup of this football team. And by the way, that included Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette and Telvin Smith and some talented football players. And that's not all of them. but talent. And also, I think, some very well-respected and talented players like Calais Campbell and others. But what we found out is they did not handle it well when things went wrong. Mm-hmm. They were front runners. Mm-hmm. You know, they called themselves front runners at times in 17 and 18. They did. Like, they didn't back away from that. To me, that's a little bit of a negative connotation because that means you can't pick yourself up off the mat. Yeah, you start getting complacent. Yeah. yeah. And, or you or you bury your head instead of fighting out your way out of that Correct. paper bag or whatever it is, you know? So I – and this team proved that. They buried their head. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I'm, I'm saying everybody. I'm saying the team. That's what's characteristic. That's what it showed. That's what the record showed. I'm not saying to a man. I'm sure there was there were some that did and some that didn't. This team, they believe, will be able to handle adversity. I think this first game goes a long way. And the reason I say it is the problem in Jacksonville we have amongst many <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to this football team. But one of the big problems, and we talked about this uh, at some time during the summer, when you're in a small town, the negative connotation is a tough one to get away with from. It's tough. I mean, this has been a tidal wave of negativity here in this town almost since I arrived. And it's been different players and different coaches and different owners and different GMs and different teams. But it's a negative connotation. And if you start this year in a year where everybody believes you stink and might be tanking and you look like crap in the first game and you look like you're a team that's tanking and you look like a team that stinks, I don't care how resilient you are. That adds that starts to weigh right away, in my opinion. Uh, is it just one game? Maybe not. But then you go to Tennessee in week two, man, and it yeah. doesn't get much easier. So now you're talking 0-2 potentially. Like, I think even if this team is halfway decent there, they're going to lose to Tennessee in week two. So if you're 0-2 and you've given up 180 yards rushing each week and you've been beat up on the line of scrimmage and what everybody told you is bad with your team, like your defensive line is bad with your team, well, you're going to start believing it because yeah. you're seeing it on tape and you're seeing it on the field. I think that first game against the Colts, where they actually have a little bravado against Indy. You know, Indy hasn't won down here since 2014. Mm-hmm. They have Indy's number. Even when this organization has been bad, which has been a lot lately, they've been able to beat Indianapolis. So I think this first game actually does mean quite a bit, more so than I would probably put stock in 
in previous years. Like, I didn't think last year's game meant a whole lot. It was against Kansas City, man. We knew they were very good. Yeah. You can't measure the Jags against Kansas City in week one yeah, and say that's the, the way they're going to be. But let's be honest. So, I mean, well, obviously it had situation because Nick Foles goes down. True. But also the, the, at the ease of Kansas City scoring a couple of those times. I mean, Sammy Watkins absolutely has a field day. Like, you could kind of tell, like, it's that easy? Yeah. You know, like, you so you kind of had some question marks even but in week one. Know, but you didn't we know. Left, how, how when we got there like, on a Monday after that game, we are like, was it Kansas City's just so dang good? Yeah. Uh, was it Foles in the, in the, an oh my, he went down? Yeah. You know, so. No, it's true. I just don't know if we can. I think if they lose this game 30 to 10, yeah. I think we're going to be like, this is exactly what we thought on Monday. And I don't know if you can swim away from that negativity and narrative. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, that, like you said, the narrative of just. You know, being down in the dumps and being in those doldrums, it's been here for a while. And you know what? Whether that's fair or not, it is what it is. You know, I well, mean, it's not these guys' fault. Yeah, but it just, it's, it's just, it's, it, that's it's what a it is cloud, right now. Man, yeah. over that building, yeah. there, there, there is a cloud over the building for sure. Um, I'd make an argument and say, well, you know what? It could be a lot worse. You, you, you could be playing like in New York, where that media is relentless. Like you think we're bad? You think we're bad coming on our show and and speaking our piece? Try going to New York and reading like the, the New York Post every single day and those headlines. I mean, that's like we're carrying water; they're carrying concrete. Like they they leave a burn on their team. So, yeah, I mean, I think it can make an effective for sure. What I'm gonna be watching though, Brent is the same thing I watched for last year in the preseason games. And that's how disciplined is this team going to be. Because let's be honest right now, it's not like a Kansas City Chiefs, all right? And it's not like a Seattle Seahawks where you have talent, where you can score points, and you can overcome adversity on the field. If, if you're down by 7, 14 points, that might be it. So with that being said, I'm watching for penalties, okay? I'm watching for penalties, and I'm watching for false starts. I'm watching for all this kind of stuff, and I'm looking for guys to be in the right spots at the right time. Because if this team's going to be undisciplined week one, there's not a doubt in my mind that you can't correct that by week two, week three, week four. Like, that's who you are, right? And there's really no excuse this season because there's not going to be a lot of crowd out there to distract you. I mean, it's just you, your opponent, and the football. So if I see false starts, if I see offsides, if I see misalignments, that's going to raise the biggest red flag to me and say, you know what? There's no way this team can overcome this kind of adversity, and it's going to be a rough season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fair enough. Uh, when You're not going to be here in the next couple of days because mm-hmm. you get your fight. You're going up uh, to travel a little bit. And one of the things I'm going to do in the next couple of days is is kind of get – we're going to have sunshine and rainbows so much, I'm going to bring Lucky Charms in here. <laughs> uh, and, and so the uh, – but, but, You better pray they win on Sunday, man, because I'll be coming back here Monday. But those pen, uh, Black, uh, Black Parade's coming in. One is like the perfect layout of what this team can do or has to do to have some success. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like the, the, the recipe for Super Bowl success. It's that some success to put them in position to be competitive and maybe win games and, and be 7 and 9, 8 and 8, whatever we think their ceiling might be. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point? So going to go over that next couple of days, but it's interesting you brought up penalties. Uh, Doug Marone talked a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago and actually said something that you've said many a times on the show. Uh, so he's either listening or you've talked to him. I don't know which one. Yeah, what can uh, I say? Maybe we're hanging out a little bit at sports bars watching the Yankees games. Not a big deal, Brent. we got to take a break. When we come back, somebody said something today in the press conference, virtual news conference. They mentioned what I think they essentially said was the best part of this football team. Hmm. And it will stun you. It's got to be the punting. It will stun you. Uh, I'm not stunned by Logan Cook. Logan Cook's a beast. Sell those tickets. (laughs) (laughs) When we get back, we begin there. We got a reaction from all over the place with the Jags. Doug Marone, Jay Gruden, Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark. DJ Chark. Are we talking enough about DJ Chark? 
I mean, he could really be we're one of the We're talking about Logan Cook than we are about DJ Chark. Well, that's Let's not fix good, that. Then. We've got to do a better Brian job. Brian Anger, who? Third we round pick, get that out of here, man. We got Logan Cook, baby. Hey, jump in the show. Star Star 690-904-362-9901. Or on social media, all the platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're even on Twitch. We start making money off Twitch yet, Coos? I mean, we got like 78 followers or something on Twitch. That's do we pretty really? Good. Like, how, how many do we need? Cash the check. Let's go. Mean, let's go. Let's get us paid. Play video games. What you guys don't know is I've been, I'm sending it straight to my own bank account. Ah, I bet Makes you sense. are. Those are some fast looking haircuts you're getting. <laughs> I'm start, gonna start playing God? Playing God. Is, is that how you pronounce it now? I don't know. Is that how you do it? I mean, it's good. That, just, did that sound right? It, 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 I mean, it that's how you pronounce wrong. it, but it felt wrong. <laughs> it felt really wrong. My poor ears. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? That's, do you, do you want a hundred thousand, extra hundred thousand dollars? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. <laughs> politics. When we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah. Uh, you always have to have hope. Otherwise, you're in the wrong business. You know, we're very optimistic going into the season. We know we have a lot of challenges. We got some youth plan. But really, I think the biggest, uh, uh, reason for belief that I have is the offensive line. I think the offensive line uh, is very solid right now with the tackles that we have, the interior players, and obviously the center I feel good about. So with an offensive line, it gives you the ability to do a lot of different things, I think, and hopefully it'll give us a chance to get our skilled players the ball in space and uh, between the tackles and, and do some good things. <laughs> you drinking that Kool-Aid, Brent? Are you drinking that Kool-Aid? I was getting close, Season's man. going around, man. I'm getting close. You're going to wet that whistle a little bit, and that's from that Kool-Aid? It's either dive into the pail <laughs> or drink the Kool-Aid. I, I got 64 ounces here, man. Ready to get passed around. I just put on social media, because this is what we do on this show. That's what I heard. The best part of the Jaguars in 2020 is... Mm-hmm. Are we talking about position or just yeah, yeah. Um, you would say receiver, receiver. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say the edge or is that got, that really counts? I think you got a few, right? You got uh, you got edge, receiver, linebackers. Yeah, I mean, you can, can be high can on you, the linebackers. Can you count the edge though or not? Because isn't well, the edge just like defensive line? Yeah, but I, you know what I'm saying. Nah, I would. No, nah, I think it's different. Okay. I feel like it's different. Let's, let's for this would better be different because that's where your studs are. <laughs> it's got to be different. Yeah. Um. So I think those three though, right? You could you could list those three. I'm still going, in all due respect to New Sack City, I'm going with wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I think it's okay to be high on the linebackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a hundred million dollars at the linebackers. You better be high on the linebackers. Yeah. yeah you're they, paying them they like better it. deliver. You're correct. Well, Jay Gruden just said essentially, and now he didn't include the defense. Yeah, he's an offensive guy, Brent. You know, but yeah. he just said basically the the offensive line. What gives him the most confidence mm-hmm. is the offensive line. Holy cow! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Tell that to a Jags fan. <laughs> Their offensive line is the best part. Yeah. This is what gives you confidence going in. Listen. People are chuckling in their cars. Listen. listen. Stop laughing, people. Listen. Listen. Do you think this was? constructed by Jay Gruden to try to maybe inspire confidence a little bit in the offensive line? Like, do you really think that Jay Gruden knows that the wide receivers, are, especially on offense, are probably the most skilled position that they have? And do you think that maybe it's a little added motivation where maybe there's an offensive lineman driving home from practice and all of a sudden he goes on Twitter and it's like, oh, 
my offensive coordinator said, what about me? Yeah. And now they're all excited. All the you know what I'm saying? To do that. Oh, I don't yeah, think it's man. offensive what? line. Yeah. You know, you know all linemen are always on Twitter checking about themselves, <laughs> name searching themselves and everything. I Classic mean, Brandon Linder's looking up the biggest fish he caught <laughs> before sure. he's doing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so... It's it's interesting though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a a whole thing of this for years and years. You know, my my view on this is every fan base hates their offensive line around the National Football League. Uh, most of them, at least. You know, mm-hmm. the Colts have a good one. I think people know that. San Francisco had a good one last year. Dallas over the years has had a good one. It hasn't got them anywhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tennessee I think likes the way they play more so maybe than their individual parts of their offensive line. But there's a toughness about them. Well, and they have an offensive line essentially playing running back as well. Yeah, felt like <laughs> that's, that's true. So, yeah, uh, and they 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 do have a pretty good offensive line. So. The Jaguars like their offensive line. Doug Marone has said it. They didn't. It, they said that by the moves they did not make uh, in the draft when they had an opportunity to draft young offensive linemen and did not go there. They went with cornerback instead. Uh, Jaguars return all five guys and actually some depth with Will Richardson and obviously Tyler Shatley's been there a while now. They did draft Ben Barch. Uh, individually, we said it before. Their offensive line not bad. And ter- I think a lot of guys would. A lot of teams around the league would take their individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need a right, ta- a right tackle, heck yes, give me Jawan Taylor. Yeah. You need a center, Brandon Linder, heck yeah, I think he's a good player. Andrew Norwell's been an all-pro. Now, I don't know if everybody's lining up for A.J. Can, but, I, I, again, he was consistent last year, and I think they did a pretty nice job. So, But they like it as a group. Not just the individuals, they like it as a group. And Jay Gruden just reiterated it. And again, a position that you really can't tell in preseason practice very much. Mm-hmm. The Jags are, you know what concerns me? The Jags are falling in love with some things. This, in their roster build and their confidence in their football team, that it's hard to really evaluate in August. Mm-hmm. Running backs, safeties, and even their offensive line, although there's plenty of game tape on their offensive line to know what they have. See, to me, the offensive line play this year, too, it's going to be very telling for me and possibly Doug Marone's future with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, yes, number one, obviously, um, any offensive line has to perform well for their team to be good, right? I think we both agreed where if the offensive line doesn't play well, well then guess what? Minshew's going to suffer. The passing game's going to suffer. You lose your run game. And it's probably going to be a pretty abysmal season. So, yes, obviously a lot rides on the offensive line. But I look at it like this. If you go to the Eagles and Carson Wentz isn't playing good, I blame Doug Peterson. If Patrick Mahomes at offense isn't firing all cylinders, I blame Andy Reid. If Jared Goff turns out to be a bust, I directly blame Sean McVay. Why? Because they're quarterback guys. All right. Doug Marone, not a quarterback guy. Doug Marone is an offensive line guy. All right. He spent most of his coaching career, whether I think in college or even in the pros, coaching offensive line. So Doug Marone should know good offensive line and bad offensive line, and he should know how to cultivate that talent. They like their offensive line this year. He said it. Jay Gruden says it. Everyone's saying it. Now, we're not – well, maybe I'm not saying it to the to the, to the most. I, I like what they have on paper. They have to gel together. The Jaguars community right now is not liking it. To me this year, if they don't perform up to expectations, what does it say about Doug Marone then being an offensive line guy? You know, like you, you have to put that into consideration. Well, I think it says a lot about everything because they invest – they had chances to invest in that offensive line when everybody outside thinks that they should, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And so they're riding, riding and dying. Riding or dying with that offensive line. Yeah. And so uh, I think it says it'll be a major, you know, uh, check the box to not be here. Mm-hmm. 
if that offensive line doesn't play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you got to stay healthy. That's a big part of it as well. Uh, but the, it's, it's just interesting to hear Jay Gruden say that. Here's what I've heard countless times. There's a belief, and I think this is, an, this is a belief that a lot of people had. Uh, Filippo did not do a great job last year. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and it's crazy because he showed last year, right? glimpses. Yeah, it was last yeah. year. Yeah, so it, it seems yeah, like an eternity, doesn't it? Bro? Yeah, we, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I had to actually double check myself. I was like, was that last year? Yeah. Uh, and you know, I thought he did some good things early on, but there were some eyesore spots, and overall, I guess didn't do a good job. Some people, there's a belief that the play calling impacted that offensive line mm. and put them in bad situations. There's a belief. There's been an off-season belief of that that I've heard from several people, not just one, several people. And so I'm interested in Jay Gruden here because you just said something interesting. Yeah, Marone's the offensive line coach. They have Tim Warhop in there as well. But Gruden's kind of looks at it from a quarterback point of view. McAdoo, obviously, is coaching quarterbacks. Those guys, too, can do things to help the offensive line and put them in better situations. Sure. You know, that's life, man. you got to be put in good situations to be successful. You know, I can't ask you to do something that you're really not good at mm-hmm. and say, why didn't you do a good job of it? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you've got to be put in good positions. So there's a belief around down there that that offensive line was not put in good situations at times. You, you know, you think of the uh, – what was it, the Indy game, when Foles had come back? And remember how many times he yeah. dropped? Didn't he throw it like 50-something times? Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that that game? They abandoned the run game completely. Yeah, because remember... Cause and we, it was a tight game at halftime. Yeah, exactly. And so that's just one example of why are you going to put your offensive line in that kind of position well, to just keep dropping back, dropping back, by the way, with a statue back there, not a guy yeah. that can move and get away from stuff. So that's but, just one example, uh, and that doesn't mean, hey, they're going to be great now because Filippo's gone. Yeah. But that's one example of the belief that... That offensive line wasn't put in great positions at times last year. But listen, I mean, to, and I don't really want to defend anybody here, but the Indianapolis game, if you remember correctly, there was starting to be some fodder saying, well, Gardner Mitchell should come back in, right? And that Indianapolis game, it showed that that was John D. Filippo trying to show, listen, this is Nick Foles. This is who we paid all this money to. He's going to be the guy. And to me, that was supposed to be like the Nick Foles showcase game, like, where he came out and, you know, threw, throw us like four touchdowns over 400 yards and no one's talking about Gardner Minshew anymore. Obviously, that backfired in his face because Foles struggled. He started and John off Filippo, well, actually, yeah, in that game. But then John Filippo looks bad from it. Like, that's to me, I mean, yeah, you put your offensive line in a bad position, but that to me was John Filippo coming out and saying, you know what, I want to make sure that Nick Foles has every opportunity to showcase his skill set. And unfortunately, when you did that, he didn't showcase that skill set. Yeah, I mean, that became too individualized and too much of uh, an agenda, mm-hmm. more so than what's best to win the football game. Yeah. Uh, and that was a clear sign of it uh, right there. So we'll see what happens with the offensive line. I just found it very interesting to, to – it, it's, again, some of these things are eye-popping and ear-popping to me. Yeah. To hear an offensive line that's been beat up and criticized day after day, week after week, month after month. And quite frankly, it hasn't been that great. Uh, 17, I think they were pretty good. I, I think the numbers prove that they were pretty good. And three-fifths of that line still exists here in Jacksonville. But to hear the offensive coordinator say, hey, what gives you the confidence that some of the things that you've been able to do and look good in practice will translate to Sunday? Like, I like my offensive line, essentially, is what he says. Mm-hmm. And not everybody would go there first. I think a lot of people say they like the receivers. I think uh, a lot of people say, hey, I think Minshew's got moxie, man. He's going to He's going to carry them through. Watch. You watch, you know. There's a belief in Minshew. 
he goes to the offensive line. And so if this offensive line is halfway decent, they've got a chance to be fun to watch on offense. Because yeah. if the offensive line is halfway decent, then Jay Gruden can have fun with the LaVisca Chenaults, with Minshew and all the things he can do, with maybe a talented receiving core. I mean, uh, the other thing Gruden said is they're going to attack. I, I, I like that. Uh, I, I love the fact that they're going to be the aggressor because if you think about it, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. So you're absolutely right there. I mean, you might as well just and see what happens. From the offensive line, I want to get into this a little bit because you brought up some great points that I want to address a little bit here. So with Jay Gruden's offense traditionally, whether it was in Cincinnati, especially in Washington, um, it's very quarterback friendly. And by quarterback friendly, I mean that the, the ball comes out quickly. I'm always reminded of like the New England Patriots. Now, yes, I understand. They're the outlier. They won how many Super Bowls? And yeah, yeah, they're like nobody else. I get that. But how many times does New England get praised for offensive line play, Brent? It seems like every single year, right? Yeah. And, and can you name me pro bowlers on the offensive line for New England? No, they're the best one. Obviously, Soldier, Soldier. ended up being a yeah, good yeah. player. He but, opted out this year. I besides think. that, I'm pretty sure. I, I think he did, yeah. I think he's in New York, right? Well, he's in he the opted, Giants now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he opted out. out. But, but yeah, can probably... I mean, you'd have to go way back from sure. me uh, to the Bruce Armstrongs and those yeah, kind yeah. of guys. But, yeah, in this era, uh, I'm missing somebody. I mean, heck, I know the one year we covered the Super Bowl, they had the rookie center. Yeah. Andrews, I think it was, maybe out of Georgia. Might have been. Uh, so, yeah, I, I but, agree with you. So, so th- this is my point, though, Individually, right? Individually, no, but yeah. they have Skarnacki, who's a great offensive line coach, apparently. They took correct. him out of retirement. Correct, correct. But, like, you know, you probably name a lot more Dallas Cowboy offensive linemen than you can. True. Patriots, and guess what? How the Cowboys done, like That's you said before. Point. So here's my point, though. Then why is that? Why is that every single year we talk about the New England Patriots being so good on offensive line, but they don't really have the names, the household names to kind of ring it home with? It's simple. Because you had Tom Brady back there, who was an absolute statue. And when you have Tom Brady back there, you can't afford to do these long step drops. You, you can't afford to have all this time in the pocket. The ball has to come out quickly. And having played against Tom Brady a couple times, there's nothing more frustrating than when you get one of your best pass rushes of the whole year and the ball's out in a split second. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than when you beat an offensive lineman and it's clear shot to the quarterback and the ball's out. That's what New England does so well. They get the ball quickly. Now it might be different with Cam Newton. We'll see. But I'm saying that's why the offensive line was so good for New England because you never had a chance to get your pass rush in play. And then by the time when you're all ticked off and you want to, you know, pin your ears back and go after it, oh, here comes a draw. Oh, here comes a screen pass, something like that, and you get caught off guard. So that, to me, is why the offensive line in New England was so good. It begs the question, can Jacksonville now, in a quarterback-friendly offense, a short-passing offense, do the same thing? Yeah, they're going to get rid of the ball. It's good. And yeah. they're going to be in the shotgun a little bit, give him a little yeah. bit more room. And he can move. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got some mobility there. I mean, they might set this offensive line up to be – Decent, yeah. you know, uh, it it would go a long way. I don't know if it wins you games. I don't know if the offensive line wins you games. Cowboys have proven that it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, maybe it wins you some games, but it doesn't win you big. Um, Colts have proven that so far. Yeah, yeah Colts have been okay, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's interesting, though. The AFC South is full of some pretty good offensive lines. At least they think so. The Colts, the Titans, yeah. and Houston thinks they're improved. Mm-hmm. But the Jags think they're pretty good. Pretty wild. That three teams in the AFC South think they're pretty good at the offensive line. We'll take a timeout. We come back. Uh, we will talk more of the Jaguars football, of course. I've also got a little beef. With? I mean, is this, this Jalen related? Not yet. We'll get into it. 100 million? Okay. <laughs> how many letters from the HOA can I get? <laughs> This is a true battle of the year right now going on between you and the HOA. Yeah, this is a pretty big beef. Okay. I mean, are we going to put them on blast here on our show? I mean, a little. I mean, kind of. I don't even know who they are. I mean, who is the HOA? Like, what is the HOA? 
Dude, don't, don't ask those questions, man. It's kind of like the syndicate. You don't kinda ask like, the questions. Kind of like there. HR. You know, I got shut down. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about it. At least in my neighborhood. It's kind of like the ESPN 690 guidance council that we're supposed to have in the show. <laughs> they never stop by. And I, and I have questions and I have statements I want to run by them. But no, we're all good. Uh, I'm coming after you, HOA, next Uh-oh. on ESPN 690. Every year is a new year. Um, I think every team's a new team. I don't think um, years past really have anything to do with like this current season. Um, so I'm excited for the opportunity that we have. I think we have a lot of guys that can make plays. And I think when we talk about attacking uh, and attacking in different ways, that's getting different people involved. You know, having multiple guys get touches. We got a lot of guys that are really good with the ball in their hands. So I think as long as we get those guys their touches, spread it out even, and then that's how we'll be able to attack and um, get in the end zone more. Getting in the end zone is a priority. Yep. What you got on this offense? Look good, bad, little of both. Don't sit on that damn fence right now. (laughs) Do not sit on that fence. Oh, man. What do I think about the offense right now? No, it's Sunday. Like, what's it going to look like Sunday? Sunday. Are we going to say Sunday? Like, hey, man, that that was pretty good. I saw some flashes. We saw, well, this house fun to watch. Uh, Jay Gruden's offense. Minshew looked pretty good, you know? That does not equal winning a game. I'm asking you, can they move the football? Can they punch it in? I mean, do we talk about, ah, they didn't slam it in the red zone, still had some of those problems. Lambeau had to kick three field goals instead. What you got here sitting from five, six days away from a game? Five days, I guess. Uh, you have some confidence that the offense will look halfway decent. I have some confidence that the offense is going to look efficient for the first week. Now, whether that's efficient or fantastic, well, it's two different things, right? But I think efficient. I think the offense is going to feature a lot more passing than we're accustomed to seeing. We're used to seeing first and second down, one and four and up the middle, and then third down. Well, you know, play action, and hopefully we get a first down off that. I think those days are gone now. I think we see a lot more, um, you know, short pass on the first down. We see some screen passes, if you will, and we go from there. So, you know, I'm not sure quite. I'm the James Robinson hype yet. They seem to love him a lot. I think we see a lot of Chris Thompson actually in this game. I think you see a lot of Chris Thompson out of the out of the back end. Keep in mind, Chris Thompson has a pretty good relationship with Jay Gruden already. He knows that offense very well. So I think we see a, a, like a, like a running gun type of offense. Now, whether or not it's successful or not, not sure. But once again, I'm going to go with efficient. Uh, do you have an HOA? Uh, not anymore. I used to. Back when we lived at our old house. Yes. Did you hate them? I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't know who they were, but it was never good when they came around. Like, there was never one time, like, oh, here comes the HOA, sweetie. Like, let's get out the, you know, let's get out the food tray and, like, yeah, let's get out some drinks. It's like, not no. like the ice cream truck's nah, coming nah, by. No, I'm, like, swearing underneath my breath. I'm giving middle fingers in the window. The thing like, about the HOA is you don't even know they're there. Right? Well, you don't know they're there until it's a bad reason why they're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know they even exist until you get that letter in the mail, and then it's a couple hundred bucks for this, a couple hundred bucks for that. Yeah, and I got a bunch of letters. Yeah, you So did. once in a while, you get letters, right? Get them, Brent. Your trash can maybe yeah. doesn't come in in time, right? Yeah, Because yeah. it stinks or something like that, or yeah. the bugs get to yeah, it or whatever. I don't know. Life gets in the way sometimes, Yeah, man. sometimes. Yeah. The little rugrats didn't bring them in. Sure. Right? Yeah. That was their job, their yep. chore. You had one job. Ty. Didn't do it, Ty. Mm-hmm. So it sits out, and it happens to be the day, like, you get by, and you kind of laugh, and you chuckle at the letter, right? Yeah. Uh... You know, but then, like, earlier this year, we got one of those. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, a month later, we got another one of those. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. 
And it said like it had been out for like two or three weeks. The, the HOA guy comes like twice a month mm-hmm. or gal. How is it supposed – how do you know it's been out for two weeks? Yeah, I, Maybe, I don't take them seriously. Well, then the latest thing is the flag on our mailbox is missing. Yeah. Okay? Well, the flag – is stolen? Is it some kind of – I don't know. Teenager? It's probably someone, some, Probably. You better get a camera out there. Or it's a 12-year-old house now and the okay. mailbox is bad. Okay. Right? Okay. And so – to be honest with you, the mailbox ain't in great shape either. Sure. But the flag was missing, and that's apparently a big thing well, with the HOA. Missing or stolen. Let's not rule out stolen. It's not on my mailbox. There we go. And so I guess the flag costs like three bucks. Sure. So Steph has really been the the leader of the band here. And so she goes to Home Depot, yeah. Lowe's, Ace, whatever. She yeah. tries to find she bring she got one, didn't fit. Like the whole thing it, where you where you attach it, yeah. what, it was too big. Okay. For whatever reason. Weld that thing on there, man. I, I, yeah. I got Come on now. Okay. Who are you okay. talking to? Yeah. Uh, so, goes to the next store, gets it. Well, has no luck. Gets another letter about the mailbox. This is like letter three. And letter three, it says something to the effect of, hey, if you don't fix it by such and such, you're going to get a $100 fine all the way up to a $1,000 fine. A $1,000 fine threatening. for a flag on my mailbox. Now they're threatening you. I take that as a threat. Oh, yeah. So then Steph calls HOA guy yeah. a couple weeks ago, and I guess he's just not very nice on the phone. Yeah. He's like... That's why he sends letters, so Brent. He basically is like, she got so mad. Steph doesn't really get mad at stuff, but she's talking to me like, for days about this guy. Like, I can't believe like she's texting in the show <laughs> and all this stuff. And I said... Distracting the show. I, she's like, he finally said, listen, I know... This is, uh, you're having troubles with this, but this is not my problem. Mm. So I'm like, give me the guy's number. Yep. And Brett took care of it. Well, you no, say I left Brett? a message. He never oh. called back. Instead, yeah. he scared gave, him off. gave us to a, a nice lady. Sure. Who then told us how to fix it. That's yeah. all we were asking. Yeah. Where do you get the right one? Yeah. We'll spend $10 on it. Just tell us where to get the right yeah. one. Listen. Are they evil everywhere is my Absolutely. point. No, listen. Our HOA we used to have, horrible. And to me, they carry about as much pomp and circumstance as a middle school substitute teacher. I don't listen to you, okay? I, I just go off my class, say what you want to say, send your letters. I don't take you seriously. I'll pay it when I pay it. Forget the HOA. Sorry to all substitute teachers out there in middle oh, school. Oh, no, hey, hey, we hey, need hey, you. hey, sorry to my substitute teachers. I wasn't paying attention to you. But no, you guys are the real heroes. Don't get it twisted. Jalen Ramsey's big contract. What it means next on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.